my great joy to introduce to you the three musketeers hailing from the land of remote work. We have Marissa, career coach and queen of all. We have Jeff, our sassy SEO shaman. And we have Diego, who has spent his 20s building a community of remote working lunatics. Sure, these folks are going to be the people that will get you beach commute ready. And they'll do it in the most exciting way possible. So, happy listening. Welcome, everybody, to Beach Commute. And today I'm joined by Jamie Goodman. Thanks for joining me. Hey, it's nice to be here. Jamie, we met like, what was it, maybe a year and a half ago, something like that, Costa Rica, and you were living in a bus, right? (laughs) Yeah, so that was uh, fall 2018, so a little over two years now. And yeah, right after we met, I went to live in a converted school bus with some friends on the coast of, on the west coast of Costa Rica. What was that like? And how, wait, let's just like unpack that. How did you end up living in a bus? Was it a, was it a full bus? Was it a small bus? Like what happened? <laughs> it's like your normal U.S. school bus. So the big yellow mm. school bus. Um, the Twinkie. Yeah. I think we call them the Twinkies, right? <laughs> you do, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, it was a friend of friends from Italy. So um, he and his Costa Rican girlfriend had bought this bus and converted it into their home, but also kind of like a hostel. So they have a bed in the back of the bus. And there's also two sets of bunk beds to host travelers. Um, And they had parked it in this very small local beach town in Costa Rica that doesn't really see American tourists, maybe just tourists from around Costa Rica. And I spent a few weeks living literally right beside the beach in this school bus with them and just waking up. They have a dog and a cat that also cohabitat this bus. Um, And I'd wake up for sunrise and take the dog on a walk and that was it. (laughs) God, it sounds amazing. Let's see. Um, this converted camper van, bus, van type thing is like really big right now. I was on a website, I think it's called, what was it, Outdoorsy, outdoorsy.com. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like Airbnb, but you go and rent somebody's like converted whatever. Like mm-hmm. I saw this big four by four van. Um, I saw this one, <laughs> the guy named it Fred. It was like a camper. And he's like the sweetest guy ever. He's like, oh, man, it sounds like you're going to go on a spiritual journey. Because I'm, I'm looking into one to go across the states. And uh, he's like, yeah, I'm going to get Fred already for you. <laughs> this, this whole community is kind of an interesting new space. Yeah, it's. I think the school bus is amazing because you can actually stand up inside. And it's very roomy. I mean, in this bus, there's kind of like a co-working type space with these tables mm. that would... Uh, collapse and then there's a kitchen the bunk beds the main bed and then even like a rooftop terrace that we would do yoga or pilates on top of so i mean the the vans are a bit more i think you kind of have to outfit them to be more space space conscious but with the school bus you have a ton of room yeah i was just gonna ask you what do you do on a school bus when you're in costa rica that sounds ungodly hot. If anybody knows Costa Rica. <laughs> yeah, you don't really stay in the bus uh, during the day. And if you do, you put a fan right next to you. 
Um, but no, I mean, we were right on the beach, so you kind of just surf, go for walks, mm. swim in the ocean, um, or take kind of day trips, you know, like we would, they had a car as well. So if we weren't in the mm. bus where we were parked, we would travel with the car around um, Costa Rica. Yeah, you just showed up randomly too. We we saw you in Santa Teresa, and then we went down to Manuel Antonio. All of a sudden, you showed up in a bus, like, "Hey!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just uh, that's kind of my lifestyle. Sometimes you see me, and sometimes you don't. And when you least expect yep. it, there I am again. <laughs> let's let's talk of let's back up a little bit and talk about your lifestyle. So I wanted to have you in the show because you started traveling full-time before it became popular, I guess, like at least earlier than most people I know. You started this a while back. Tell me a little bit about like this journey that you had where you were working a six-figure corporate desk job and then just quit it all and jumped on the road. Yeah, sure. Um, so I decided to quit my job in 2014, um, the summer of 2014. I think I just always, I had studied abroad in Granada in the south of Spain and kind of that sparked my travel interest and um, I just loved that experience. And then when I came back to finish my university degree and then start working, I mean, I had obligations, I had student loans, so I had to start that kind of a lifestyle. Um, but I just deep inside was always wanting to get out on the road and travel and, and explore really just be an adventure and explore. Um, and so you know, on the one hand, I was doing well and, you know, getting, taking all the exams I needed to um, further my career and make more money and do well. And, um, but on the other hand, I was like very discontent and thinking about, okay, when am I going to leave this hall, get out and do what I really want to do? <laughs> and I think it's a vicious cycle and especially in the corporate finance world where you get these big bonus checks every year, you're kind of like, oh, I got one more check and then I'll figure it out. But it can it can be like, oh, wait, I, I just keep going and going and I want to make more money. And um, I think for me, it was I wanted more time than more money. And I was making all this money, but I, I didn't have time to spend it in the way that I wanted to. And I started spending it, spending it in ways I didn't want to, like buying nicer things or buying a house. Or actually mm -hmm. I, was, I had bought an apartment, like a brand new apartment in the city where I didn't even want to be. So I was, I was going <laughs> in the opposite direction of my dreams because you just kind of get lost a little bit in, in mm -hmm. the culture and the society. Um, so anyway, Finally decided to to quit my job, you know, didn't wait for that year's bonus check. And um, it was a tough decision. I mean, every time I make a decision, it's tough. Like you cry, it's emotional. But I think deep down, you know, it's right. And, you know, mm -hmm. you know, you have to remind yourself, like, this is a tough time right now. Like, I'm going to get through these days. And then in a few weeks, I'm going to be so happy. It's just, let's get through this one step at a time. Mm -hmm. And then 
we're going to be in a place where we want to be. Most people get sucked into those, like, uh, what would you call it? Golden handcuffs where you just get super comfortable yeah. with that lifestyle. Most people don't make it out of that. How did you, how did you manage to, or did something happen where you just were like, that's it. I've had it. I'm, I'm making a break. What was that moment? Um, I think, you know, it's funny actually, because I would, I, and let me just also say that like, I worked for an amazing company. Like I loved the people I worked with. I loved the office. Um, and I still talk to my old boss who was like a second mom to me. And I, I became, I grew up in that company and, and I love the company to this day. And I love the people I worked with and I had a great lifestyle there. Um, and when I was leaving or, you know, the day the email went out to the firm that, you know, Jamie's decided to, to part ways. I remember the, um, the trader at the investment firm, it was said something to me along the lines of, you know, if anyone was going to leave this company, it was going to be you. And I took it as a compliment because I think it is very tough when you're very comfortable. It is tough. And I just didn't, let it fully get to me i think like i still Mm. had this like yearning inside deep within me in my soul and i knew this life was not for me like it got me set up for an amazing life thereafter like i paid off Mm. my student loans in record time i saved enough money to be able to have freedom to do whatever i wanted to do next um i learned a ton i mean i was I was going to into, you know, I left, I started at that job when I was 20 and I left when I was 25 and I was in meetings mm-hmm. with CEOs at companies and traveling around the country. So I got a ton of experience at a very early age and I'm very grateful for that. Um, but I think I just never let it fully take over my life. And I was mm-hmm. always aware of what was important to me. And for me, it was always, travel and adventure and exploring and learning new things. And, you know, I think the biggest thing is like the monotony of going to the same place every day with the same people doing the same things. Like how, for me, I mean, it was like, how much longer can I do this? Like I am not growing at all. I could do it indefinitely if I want to stay here, get married, have children and live a beautiful life. But that wasn't my goal. So, Mm -hmm. you know, here I am. <laughs> I, I think people are seeing that, or at least they've been shown a glimpse of that over the past year, just by force. You know, all these people working from home and the bosses seeing like, oh shit, I don't have to pay for, uh, I don't have to pay for office space anymore. And people at home going, oh, I get to, you know, uh, sleep in a little longer. I get to hang out with my family. I get to like hang out with my dog a little bit. So I, I think people are getting a slight glimpse of that. If not the full, you jumped both, both feet in, like you just went straight after it and, and quit. But I think people are probably seeing more and more of that, that aspect of things. Yeah. And to be fair, I should note that I didn't quit that job and start traveling immediately. I quit that job for work at a startup across the country. So I was in Burlington, Vermont, and I took a job with a startup out in San Francisco, California, because I kind of just needed a way to get out of where I was 
And that yeah. kind of got me out. And then once I was in San Francisco, I mean, I only worked for the startup, I think for three or four months. And I was like, okay, I got out of the situation I wanted to get out of. Now I'm here. I don't even like where I am now. Now I can like leave this job and do what I right. really want to do, which I think, so it wasn't, you know, it was more around November uh, 20, 2014, when I kind of, I, I took a, an extra step and then I finally uh, mm -hmm. got out of it. Okay. So when you finally did get out of it, what was the first destination that you picked out? Where'd you go? At the very beginning. So I had still, I still had a car at the time and I had driven mm. from Vermont to California. And then I kind of was like, I don't want to drive all the way back yet. Um, I had a friend, a good friend of mine who I had met on a trip to Israel who was living in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, and I grew up skiing, like an avid skier, snowboarder. So I went out to Jackson Hole for that winter, um, mm. kind of stayed with her and her boyfriend for about a month and then found a, a room. I had no bed. I didn't want to invest in anything. I slept on the floor for the next two months. Wow. It was just a, a oh room. <laughs> and I started, I wanted to ski every day, but the uh, pass was so expensive at the resort. So I took a job working at one of the ski shops at the base of Jackson Hole Resort. And then mm -hmm. I was able to ski every day because I got like a half price ski pass, season pass. Yeah. And, um, Really what started my travels was I had met this Australian guy who came into the ski shop and would come to Jackson Hole every year. And he was kind of like, come come to Australia. Um, and I was like, yeah, yeah, that, let's do that this. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, I thought you were saying that sarcastically. You meant it. You're like, yeah, of course. Let's go to yeah. Australia. That so I quit this job at the ski resort, drove mm -hmm. back to the East Coast, bought a flight to Sydney, stayed with him for a couple days, wasn't happy, ended up in Sydney at a hostel. And I was like, okay, this is the beginning. What do I do now? And that's, yeah. that's where it really started. And I bought um, one of these Greyhound bus tickets that you kind of hop on, hop off for like a month. And I took a bus from Sydney to Cairns for a month in the East Coast of Australia. Yeah. What's that like, um, just traveling solo like that? Um, honestly, it's funny. The first couple of weeks, I remember being very disoriented and not excited with my decision. And I reached out to a friend who had done a lot of traveling at the time, and I hadn't. Um, and she was like, the first two weeks are the hardest. She was like, you have to get through the first two weeks and then everything just starts clicking. And she was right. Like I got through the first two weeks and then you just start meeting people and someone's like, you got to go to Singapore. You got to go to Myanmar. Let's meet in Bali. You know, and next mm -hmm. thing you know, like you're just, you're cruising and, mm -hmm. and, that's, and that's it. And that's what happened. I mean, I went from my real dream was Southeast Asia and I went from Australia to Bali and then all around Southeast Asia for the next several months. Yeah. You mentioned before that you're obviously you had to be cash conscious at this point, right? So you saved a bunch of money and you're trying to make it work and you lived on a floor for a while. 
<laughs> how, how are you how are you making this work from spot to spot because i know you've like worked in hostels you said you worked in the in the um the ski resort were you just like picking up gigs in exchange for for room and board initially initially when i first started out traveling it was just with my savings from having worked the previous years um it wasn't until until more recently probably in the last few years that i started doing more of you know like a workaway mm -hmm. situation where you would work in exchange for accommodation and maybe meals or um uh yeah like working in a hostel um to have a bed and um that that came a bit later on in the beginning it was just savings and and finding yeah. i mean always being budget conscious like I mean, I remember remember staying at this place in Bangkok, which I fell in love with, which was called, I, I don't even know if it still exists, but the Flapping Duck Guest House. And it was so hard to find. I don't even think they had a website or whatever. Someone had recommended it yeah. to me. And I'm pretty sure it was like $5 a night. And it was disgusting, but I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> and Why? Why did you love it? It was disgusting. <laughs> ruins all my sensibility. I don't get it. Uh, I remember once showering and like a rat like ran oh, by. Oh god, no. <laughs> I mean, no. I've I've it's funny like I've been in so many different situations from that to like Oh, I mean, like we haven't talked about couch surfing, but I've done a bunch of that too. So from like that kind of situation to like staying with a couch surfer in Milan and then going out partying with these Italian fashion models at a private <laughs> club, you know, like I've seen the yeah. full spectrum of travel and um, yeah, I don't know, that hostel in Bangkok. I mean, I just found some great people. I was spending $5 a night. I, I mean, I could have lived there forever. <laughs> What is it about that hostel that made it feel so like home, even with the rats as your roommate? <laughs> um, I think it's kind of just sometimes I like, I just love the idea of being super budget conscious and making trade offs. And I think as much as I like comfort and, you know, um, nice things that you can be in a place that's dirty or um, challenging is mm. also an experience and it teaches you things and rewards you. Um, that last year, for example, when I was living in Hawaii, you know, I think I had mentioned to you that I was working at a hostel and my job was more or less cleaning toilets every shift. Mm. And During and the I, pandemic. During the pandemic, yes. Oh, and, right. <laughs> and I mean, that's a, without having to say it, a very humbling experience. Um, you know, yeah. and, I'm, and I'm doing this and I'm like, this is not what I want to be doing at all. But I'm also living yeah. in like downtown Waikiki at a time where there's no tourism and it's just this beautiful, um, you know, beach and, and city. And I'm thinking, you know, how many times has someone else cleaned my toilet or, you know, where mm. I chose to go to the bathroom? And you know what? For this period, I have to, like, this is my time to clean someone else's toilet. And yeah. 
it just kind of brings you back to to like ground zero like it just levels you out and yeah. and you know not to say like I don't do glamorous things too because I can go from you know I've stayed at the Yellowstone Club in Montana which is a very well the world's only private ski resort and I got invited to mm -hmm. spend the holidays there in 2018 2019 and um I saw you know celebrities and um billionaire uh entrepreneurs and you know i had to switch gears to to be in that kind of a setting as well mm -hmm. yeah i think you've stumbled on something particularly interesting that i've been thinking about the last like half year full year or something is that when you put yourself in these like challenging uncomfortable situations it's almost like those comfortable situations the counter to that is much better it's almost like you earn it more do you know yeah. what i mean it's like if you, if you challenge yourself with the with the really bitter stuff in life it's almost like the sweet is so much sweeter are you doing that intentionally are you looking for these opportunities or when they come about you just embrace it um i'm not sure if i'm doing it intentionally but Maybe yes, because for example, you know, sometimes my home base is at my mom's house in Florida and, you know, there I have my own bedroom, my own bathroom, and it's super mm. comfortable. And if I'm there for too long, I'm thinking, I got to get out of here. Like, I'm so comfortable. Like, my, you know, I'm yeah. going food shopping and eating whatever I want. And I'm not thinking about, you know, my, my mom's treating me to meals and I'm not thinking about my budget anymore. And I can do laundry every day if I wanted to. I can go swimming in the yeah. pool or, you know, all these amenities. And it feels so comfortable. And that's when I'm like, no, I got to go. Like, I've been here for a few weeks and it's time to get out. And it's mm. time to, you know, uh, for example, in December, I went down to Ecuador and it was like, I got to just switch gears. So let's book a flight and get out of here. And so... Yeah. I guess, yeah, like sometimes it is intentional. Um, just it kind of just life happens too. Like opportunities yeah. come and go. And um, when it feels right, I kind of just go for it. And like I very much listen to my intuition. Like I can, I can almost always tell if it's something I want to do or if it's something I don't want to do. Because if I click, yeah. you know, if I see a plane ticket, and I'm like not ready to click buy, I know it's yeah. not right. And sometimes I'm just like, I don't even second guess it and I buy the ticket in, yeah. in a day or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I, You mentioned something about comfort, you know, if I find myself, if I'm in situations where I'm way too comfortable, I'm a mess, you know, like I've been in situations where like people are doing your doing your laundry and cooking for you and stuff. That is a nightmare for me. Like, that is so bad. I need to struggle. I need this. I need struggle in order. Listen, to I'm not going to say no to that. Like, I'm going to welcome that too. <laughs> maybe a week. Maybe a week yeah. of that. But, you know, you get like a month of that. You start getting too complacent. You, no challenges. You just go to mush. You know. Yeah, I I agree. Like, I have nothing wrong. I have. There's nothing wrong with staying in a five-star hotel with all the mm, amenities you're talking. and feeling good. Wow. Like, yes, yes, and yes. Mm -hmm. However, 
yeah, it's it's life is balance, and I'm always trying to remind okay. myself of that. Like you can't, you shouldn't work too much, but you shouldn't play too much. You should have a balance in between, and you shouldn't mm-hmm. always stay in five star hotels, and you shouldn't always see rats when you're taking a shower. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of challenging yourself, uh, crowd or couch surfing. Tell me a little bit more about that. What is it? Um, couch surfing is amazing. I first got introduced to it, I think with my ex-boyfriend and, um, I used it for the first time through his account. And basically it's this community of people who are offering their home that you have a spare couch, possibly a spare bedroom, maybe even a private bathroom. And they're just opening it up to you to stay at their house like and there's no um transaction like monetary transaction usually it's something like i mean there doesn't have to be anything but usually it's an exchange of ideas maybe sometimes someone's like hey like will you buy some toilet paper maybe we'll you know cook, cook a meal from your home country um you know i'm i want to learn english can we just talk in english um it 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 it's a whole bunch of different things, but um, couch surfing is amazing because you get to stay in the home of a local in the place where you're traveling, and first of all, see the see their home, which is always cool. Like, oh, how does someone from this place live? Um, and then you know, get tips on places to go and things to do. Um, the first time I used it on my own account, I decided to go on a two week trip to Europe. And I flew, I had a flight into Paris and a flight out out of Milan. And I booked my couch surfing for the first night or maybe the first two nights. And I was like, okay, I'll figure it all out. Depending on other couch surfers who are willing to host me, we'll see how these two weeks go. And I started, I flew into Paris, took a train to Geneva in Switzerland, and then um ended up skiing in Chamonix, skiing in Zermatt, um, and then making my way to Milan. And I spent the whole two weeks accommodation was paid for. I mean, you know, not paid mm. for, but I would just stayed for free in people's homes. And I mean, like in Chamonix, I went to this party that was for I think like the maybe the Alpinists or the firefighters of Chamonix and everyone was speaking French and I had no idea what was going on, but it was just like this local event that I would never experience if I wasn't invited or, um, yeah, like the, the place in Zermatt, you know, I was with this guy who was an ex ex professional skier and was taking people on private tours, uh, on the mountain there. And it's just, you, you, I have so many stories from couch surfing that there's just no way I would be able to recreate this mm. in a, in if I just like arrived in a city and stayed in a hotel and yeah. didn't have the opportunity to meet any local people. Yeah, definitely. You must have some odd stories in there too. It seems like, oh. <laughs> yeah, does one come to mind? <laughs> You just, I just saw a light bulb, I just saw a light bulb go off. Uh, <laughs> so, so many stories. I don't know if we have enough time to get into all of them or any of them, but um, 
Yeah, I mean, the other thing too is, you know, sometimes, especially for a solo female traveler, sometimes um, people think, you know, maybe, I mean, I've had good experiences and bad experiences. And sometimes people might think, you know, you're staying with them, and maybe you're interested in them, and they're going to try to make a move on you. And then you're like, Oh, my God, like, I'm in this situation, I put myself in this situation. And I mean, to be fair, couch surfing has references. So you should read all the references, know who, who the person is, read their profile, yeah. see what other people have written about them. But sometimes it happens where you want to go to a place and there's only one couch surfer there who doesn't have that many references or, you know, they have 30 references and they're all good. And then you end up there and, you know, something bad happens. And, and not to say anything, nothing really bad has ever happened to me, but I've been in situations mm -hmm. where someone was touching me and I didn't want to be touched or someone was trying to kiss me. I didn't want to be kissed. And just, you know, I... I, I was trying to make the best of a bad situation without getting the other person um, angry to, to be aggressive. So you kind of have to. Um, scary. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, I, I feel like I've handled all the situations well, but um, it is, it is what it is. But I, I will mm -hmm. say like, I've had so many good experiences that sometimes I'll take a break from the application because of the bad experiences. And then I come back with like a fresh mind and I'm like, okay, let's try this again. Um, but I don't regret any of it. And I think that yeah. um, life is full of good and bad experiences and it's totally fine as long as they're not like yeah. life changing bad experiences, which luckily I've never encountered. Right, right. So what do you, um, you're in Spain right now. What are you up to right now? Yeah, so I arrived in Madrid about um, a month ago and I'm not doing much. <laughs> Actually, I'm just doing all the things I want to be doing. Uh, I I've been right following you on Instagram. You're doing much. <laughs> there's plenty, there's plenty going on. In my world, I'm doing a lot. But to someone else, um, it might seem like nothing. Um, I rented a place here or I rented a room here. I have a roommate. Um, and yeah, I'm just exploring Madrid all the time. Um, the, the community of Madrid is on restriction, so you can't leave. So it's kind of nice. I'm forced to stay here and explore Madrid. So every day I'm going to exhibitions or museums or... Um, couch surfing actually also has a piece of it that's just hangout. So you can just meet and hang out with people. So, oh, cool. yeah. So even yesterday, for example, um, I was free during the afternoon. So I opened it up and met this guy who is originally from Italy. And we just spent a couple hours chatting and spent, you know, I'm, I'm trying to practice my Spanish and improve my Spanish. So, um, Pretty much, I try to talk in Spanish every day. Um, yeah. So, also one of my goals here. But yeah, um, and then today, today for example, I went on a tour. Um, I mean, again, I try to find everything for free. If a museum has like two hours a day that's free, that was that's when I'm at the museum. I mean, I'm not <laughs> trying to pay 
and I don't really pay for any of this kind of stuff. Like I'm always looking mm. for the deal and the way to see something or go to something that's free. Um, and Madrid is a good city for that in general anyway. Um, but today, for example, I did a tour of an old um, like vestibule of a metro station in Madrid that's no longer used because um, it, the tour was in Spanish. So I understood more or less what was happening. I didn't catch all the details, but basically what I understood was um, like when this station was built in 1923, it had enough capacity and then the number of commuters exploded. So they had to kind of close this vestibule and then create two other entrances into the metro. So it's kind of like this old mm. little metro station. So I got to see what it looked like, you know, almost a hundred years ago, I guess. Yeah, that's awesome. And you just got your dual citizenship, right? Yeah, so the reason I was able to travel from the US to Spain is because Americans are not allowed to do that at the moment, um, right. is that I recently acquired a Spanish passport. So um, that's something that I've been working on for three years, almost to the day. Um, yeah, I mean, I always wanted to settle down in Europe. It was always a dream. And I didn't really mm. know how I was going to fulfill that. And then a few Let me years ago, real quick. what okay. got you to a point? What got you to a point where you said, I want to settle down in Europe? It was just a feeling? I think maybe it was after that study abroad when I was 1920 in 2008. You um, mentioned Granada? You were in Granada, right? Yeah. That was in 2008. But, I was in Granada in 2000. Yeah, that was one of the first places I went to. No first, one of my yeah, it was one of the first places I experienced Europe. Wow, that's ironic. Yeah. Why were you there? Um, just I had a friend there that was also studying abroad. That's, I think wow. this was a little earlier though. Uh, I think it was like 2004 or something. But we did the whole loop that you would imagine we would do: Madrid to Amsterdam, Berlin, Prague, and then down to uh, Granada. But Granada was amazing. That place yeah. threw on me quick. I remember it threw me off. The culture shift was so odd because I'd go into a restaurant at nine o'clock at night and they're like, we're not open for another two hours. What are you doing here? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I couldn't get breakfast anywhere. I couldn't even find a McDonald's that was open before 1 p.m. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, like during the siesta hours, the city I mean, I haven't been back there actually since 2008, but yeah, like the city just shuts down during the afternoon. Everyone is literally at home sleeping yep. <laughs> and nothing's open. And then it comes back to life late at night. Um, and yeah, Granada was amazing because you have the whole tapas culture where wow. you, you wow. buy a beer for a euro and it comes with like a sandwich and fries. And you're like, this doesn't make sense economically, but yes. I, I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It, it's a, is it a rule that they have to serve you food with every round of drinks? They just I, kept bringing it. I'm like, I don't have room for any more. I'd fall asleep before I got drunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, even, wow. in, even in Madrid, it happens like, like last night I had a glass of wine and it came with a bowl of chips. And then I had another glass and it came with a bowl of popcorn. Like they just, mm. they just bring stuff out. Um, yeah. But I think in, in Granada it was way more intense. I mean, it was like a whole, like a 
piece of Spanish tortilla with your drink and your like it really the economics don't make sense to me at all. <laughs> I didn't understand it. The amount of food that they bring you and the variety of the dishes, it was like I, I almost wanted to tell them, I'm just here to drink. Like I, I don't I don't wanna I don't wanna use up all this precious real estate I've got in my stomach because I want to slam like four or five of these I think it was what was the name of the beer Mal or something? I yeah, can't remember. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, for me at the time, it was funny because I was living with this woman, you know, she was kind of like my study abroad Spanish mom, and she was mm. cooking me three meals a day. And then I was going out for a meal with every beer. Yep. <laughs> I, I mean, I came home at least 15 pounds heavier after that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Italy, yeah, you can easily do that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that... I think that those four months were incredible. I just, yeah. I mean, but even before that, like to your question, I mean, I remember having a cousin who had studied abroad and she's, I think she's like 10 years older than me. And mm -hmm. when she studied abroad in Australia, and I remember thinking that is like, I'm going to college to study abroad. Like it was always my plan. Like when I grew up, like mm -hmm. I'm going to college to study abroad. Like I always it was just something I always wanted to do and like not something that was taught, like something that was innate, like a part of me, like travel has always been something that I valued innately yeah. the person I am. Yeah. That first time you make that, the first time you travel, it's just in you. It's like a rewiring, you know, and you can't go back. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. Especially now. I mean, I'm so used to being, like changing my scene every few months that mm -hmm. we'll see how long I stay in Madrid. <laughs> What's the plan? Do you have a, do you have a current plan or a timeline? Um, no, I mean like this was it. It was like, get my Spanish passport and relocate to Spain. Check. Um, Check. And I, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, my main goal is to speak Spanish. I mean, I'm always getting complimented on my Spanish and people are like, you speak amazing. Like, you know, and I'm like, yeah, like, and I think they mean like foreign American and I'm like, Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think like in terms of fluency, like I'm not there. Like I think my level is mm -hmm. pretty good, but like, I'm just not there yet. And I would like to spend a year to get mm. to the point where like, I'm not thinking and translating in my head before I go say anything mm. to anyone. Um, yeah. You know, when I start dreaming in Spanish, I'll be happy. Uh. That's what my friends keep telling me because they watch when I have these sessions where I say, let's just talk in Spanish. And they can see me translating in my head and they say, don't translate, just talk. I'm like, how do I just talk if I don't know the word? Mm -hmm. <laughs> they say something that irritates the shit out of me, like, just feel it. I'm like, oh. yeah. <laughs> I know what they're trying to do, which is easy to say when you already know the language and you can just feel it. But I can't just feel it. Sometimes I'm like not even sure what I want to say in English. So I can't even <laughs> say it in Spanish. I'm like, I have to like just think in general first what I want to say at all. <laughs> so Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, my friend that I'm referring to, she knows who she is, said that too. She's like, you, you think too much when you're trying to speak in English too. You know? <laughs> trying to think of how to communicate in a way where you don't look at me like, 
Yeah. <laughs> what the hell yeah. are you trying to say? <laughs> yeah, it was funny. I, I, I was out a few nights ago with um, this guy and his roommates, and we had met mm. a few days before at a bar randomly. Um, and, like, we had this great day. And, like, I'm talking only in Spanish with him and his roommates. And then, like, at the end of the night, he's like, you know, you're really a closed person. And I'm like, what? I'm like, I, I was like, yeah, but also, like, no one's ever said that to me before. I'm like, you know, we're yeah. speaking in Spanish the whole time. So it's not my native language. And sometimes I can't express myself so well. But, like, ask me anything and I'll, and I'll respond to you. Um, but, yeah, it was just funny because I... I mean, I think it's just the, the language. Like, you can't express yourself fully in another language. So maybe you come mm -hmm. off as different than you usually are. But, I mean, I've never had someone tell me I'm closed. Like, I feel pretty open. <laughs> Seems kind of a rude thing to say, anyway. <laughs> yeah, I was like, like, I don't know. I don't know if we'll be hanging out again. We'll see. Yeah, yeah maybe, maybe not. I think that that was also right after I was like, can we do something other than drinking? And so we went to a bar to play Ew, darts. <laughs> so so he he was like, okay. So we went to this bar to play darts, and pretty much instantly, my American competitiveness came out. And like <laughs> he was like, I think he, he and his friend were like, what just happened? Like I could, I like. <laughs> You know, 180 from like being like super chill to like I'm gonna win in darts. I don't play darts <laughs> like ever, but I'm about to win. <laughs> Your so. eyes narrow. You're like <laughs> I was like, I don't, I don't know Everything what to say. Down. Like, like this is who I am. This is you know. An American thing? Are we known? For, are we known for that? Are we known for competitive dart playing? Uh, I am. <laughs> you are. <laughs> so did Maybe. you win? No, I didn't win. I. You know what? Well, let's not talk about it. <laughs> oh, they're competitive, still there. <laughs> Day later, we can move on. <laughs> I put up a good uh, fight. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, um, in in closing, what would you say when you um, when you look back on this decision? What was there a moment that you had in a place where you're like? damn, this was a good idea. Like, were you ever looking out over a sunset? Or what, what comes to mind when you think about this was the right decision for my life? I'm so glad I did this. It's funny because as you're asking me this, I'm thinking of the opposite. Like, I'm thinking of huh. the moments where I've actually been like, should I have done all of this? And my was answer is... the rat was, <laughs> Honestly, it's... <laughs> Um, to, to to be completely honest, it's usually the moments when I'm really low, like when I'm really alone. Let's say mm -hmm. I don't have family around or I don't have friends around, and mm -hmm. I'm in this position where I'm like, "How did I get myself here?" And yeah. I'm just I'm feeling so down, and I'm like, and then I I think about this. I'm like, did I make the right move in 2014 to create this lifestyle? Mm -hmm. And I always say yes. Like, I don't regret anything, even in my lowest low when I'm, like, really not feeling good and I want to just, I, mm. I don't know. Like, I'm, 
I think, yes, like you have down days and that's okay. That's life. Like you're Mm. not always going to be on a high. Like it's normal that you have days where you're really high and it's normal that you have days when you're really low and that's okay. And I chose this life and I made that decision and I've had such a beautiful time along the way. Um, I vividly remember my 30th birthday and thinking, I mean, not to be morbid, but I remember thinking like I could die today and feel so happy with my life because I have no regrets. I did everything I wanted to do and there's nothing left to say really. Like I, and you know, I'm going to keep living obviously and, and traveling and wandering and exploring. Um, But like, yeah, I mean, I, to your question, like, I have so many beautiful moments and I have so many bad moments and it's equally both of those experiences that make it all worth it because like I've I've said this before and I've thought this and I've written it down. It's like, I don't know which experiences, I can't remember which experiences have turned me into the person I am today, but it's a combination Mm -hmm. of all the moments I experienced through my travels around the world that if I was still going to the same office with the same people in the same city, there's no way I'd be the person I am today because mm. I, so many people I've met along the way, so many of the sites I've seen along the way, the history I've learned, like it's all part of the person I am today and how I think today and my ideas. And my, it, it's just created, I mean, it's all in my brain and I don't know how much that's worth to anybody, anybody else, but you know, it's worth something to me that, um, that this is my life and, and I'm happy with the the decisions I've made and where I am today, even if it's, you know, in Madrid, away from all my family, away from all my friends, like it's still rewarding and I'm going to make it work. And for however long this lasts, like I can get up and change and, and also, it's like you can always go back, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, that's always an option to go back to where you left. Yeah. What would you say to somebody that was that's maybe in your shoes back in 2014 that's just kind of not feeling like they're living their ideal life, but they're not ready to pull the trigger? They're, like, just scared. What would you tell that person? You know, it's funny because um, people do contact me and ask me this. And like sometimes it's the same people year after year and they're mm-hmm. nothing changed in their life and they're still contacting me. Like, how do you do it? And I'm like, happy to talk and chat, but it's like constantly, you know, there's nothing's changed. Mm-hmm. Another year has passed and it's the same. And I think I would say like, it's so hard for me to like go back in time, but it didn't happen overnight that I became this, I mean, I think naturally I am a very independent person, but I do remember like it was a slow process. Like for example, my first solo trip was when I was still working and I had, you know, the usual week long vacation and I chose to go to Ireland because I, you know, Googled, you know, safe destinations for females traveling alone. And that was my first trip alone, um, abroad. Like I traveled a bunch, like 
so actually to step back, like I used to travel for like long weekends around the US and I think that was a great start to be comfortable because you're still in your country and everything's familiar, it's in your language, you know who more or less the culture. But then my first trip abroad was to Ireland and I stayed, I remember the first three nights I stayed at a hostel and then the next three nights I stayed at a hotel and then another three nights at a hostel. And I was trying to understand what this hostel life was like, but I also had enough money where I was like, I want to stay in a nice hotel. Um, Mm. So I think ultimately it's like, you're, you know, you're looking at someone who's a digital nomad, and they're traveling all over the world, like it doesn't happen overnight, like start small, like literally, like, and also, I love the US, I've traveled to every state except Alaska, I've been to so many cities in the US, and I absolutely love the US, like, if you want to start traveling, and you're a little bit uncomfortable, try just going around the US, and experiencing cities within the US when you get comfortable, maybe start with Canada or Mexico or, you know, and kind of like branch out from there. And then you just get to this point now where I'm like, you know, I usually arrive in a place, book the first night and then everything else is, everything else is a free for all. Like uh, I, I need, I need to land at the airport, have a place to stay. And then it's like, all right, let me start meeting some people, see which way I should go through this country. What's, what are the cool things to see? What's everyone else doing? And then it becomes like much more easygoing and, um, and just kind of like, let's, you know, play it by year kind of thing. But yeah, I mean, and I guess the other thing I want to say is like, look inside, like what's important to you. And I know this is so kind of cliche, but like, you really only have one life to live. And like, you know, I was 30 when I realized, already realized I've lived a beautiful life. Like, do you want, how, how old do you want to be when you realize that, you know? And mm. the years are going to go by and also like nothing changes. Like you leave for a year and you come back, nothing changes. And maybe, you know, you, you know that as well, perhaps like, you know, everyone's still doing the same thing. You're not missing out on anything. Like leave for mm. two years, three years, come back, everything's still the same. So like, you know, um, think about your life. It's yours. You control it. What do you want it to look like? And if it doesn't, if it's not going in the direction you want it to go in, like what are the steps you can take to get it in the right direction? Um, obviously, of course, money is a thing like, but you can, you can save money. And, and I always think people are like, you know, last year I lived in Hawaii for five months and everyone's like, isn't Hawaii so expensive? Yeah, if you stay at five star hotels and you know you're going for ten days and it's all inclusive, but if you're cleaning toilets at a hostel, no. Yeah. So, what are what yeah. are the trade offs you're willing to make to have the lifestyle you want? And you know, for me, sometimes it's cleaning toilets. <laughs> that's a that's a great that's a great place to end it. <laughs> 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 Jamie, this has been an awesome chat. Thanks so much for joining me. Um, if we're to send people to, where, where can they find you? Sure. Um, first of all, thanks, Jeff. It was awesome to talk with you as well. Thanks for inviting me. Um, I mean, you can join the 500 other followers on my Woo! Instagram uh, at Map to Nowhere. Map to Nowhere. Thanks a lot, Jamie. Thanks, everybody. Thanks.